Welcome to Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. I am joined with Addison today. And Ad, we just, I'm excited for today's conversation because I think it's something that's really important, something that we've talked about a lot. Uh, you've actually written on it too. I have. If you guys don't know, Addison had wrote an amazing book called Saints, and he does write about it at the end, but it's the fear of God. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. That's Normally when we hear that, that's what we think. We're like, this is a scary topic. And something that Lightning is actually bolts. really, yeah, like, right. yeah, yeah, God's going to smite me. Yeah. I actually always thought that as a kid. I always thought that I had to get saved every single week. I had those same thoughts. Maybe yeah. it was something Maybe there was, <laughs> Maybe it was something that dad Some childhood was. childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah, really I think so. Very, no. very, very much so. But, of course, as always, before we get into it, I want to I ask you some questions okay. that I think would be great. And so I'd love to hear, kind of as we were talking about upbringing, what was the scariest moment uh, of your childhood? Wow, scariest moment. Okay. I'm going to have to go to when I was like 14 or 15. So I was too old for ghost stories and stuff like that. But we were at this, this house that we had rented on a beach. And we were there with another family. And it was just one of those creepy houses. Like We got there and we pulled up. And we we're like, do we really want to stay here? Anyway, we're all in this room. There's four of us, four teenagers in a room. And we're going to bed. And all of a sudden, the shower that is connected to our room, and there's no other way to access it, just turns on, just goes on. And there was just like this creepy presence in the room. We all started screaming. Like four teenage boys just started screaming. And the dads ran in. It was dad and Pastor Al. Pastor Al. <laughs> ran in. They just started like rebuking a demonic spirit. And it shut off. Like the moment we yelled for our dads, it just went off. It was so weird. Like the demonic activity in that place was nuts. Well, and then and I, I remember we were in the room right next, or not next to you guys, but down yeah. the hall. Yeah. And I was sleeping in one bed with someone. And then Alec was sleeping in the other bed with the, uh, the brother of that guy. And they woke up and saw like this demonic creature it was coming weird. down the hallway. And the kid got up, rebuked it in the name of Jesus. Yeah. All of that was happening in one night. So we all woke up and we're like, did you guys have something crazy going on? It was so weird. That, but after that, everything was fine. Well, wasn't, no, wasn't there the tornado? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a weather issue. Yeah. Yes, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, but that was also a spiritual yeah. issue because the kid rebuked right. the tornado. That's it right. It went right back up in the sky, went over to a little island, came right back down. Yeah. And so that is that was a scary time. I thought you were going to say the time that you wore your uh, Pfizer upside down Dude. and backwards. <laughs> but you took a and different... And I almost died. <laughs> yeah, yes. I almost died by... Yeah. We, won't, we won't go into that one. <laughs> no. Awesome. Well, what is, uh, what is maybe the scariest thing that you have not yet done that you want to do? You know, man, I hate to say this because I feel like everyone says this. We probably, probably skydiving. Yeah, that would be my answer. Too. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's that many scary things that I'm like, man, I need to do this and I'm also scared yeah. to do it. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I need like, to scare like, myself a bit. I more. feel like it's just like there's bungee jumping, there's yeah, skydiving. Doesn't really appeal to me. Oh no, not at all. Yeah. The idea of like falling and then getting jerked back Face up. First. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. They, I've never been interested in doing bungee jumping, but skydiving would be the same for me. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, let's get into it because I think this is important, okay. and I think so. You know, I think a lot of today we do talk um, a ton around the love of God. And we focus on, you know, look, we don't, we don't understand that God has, you know, multiple titles. Like, you know, he has, he, we can call him king, we can call him Lord, we can call him father. 
And a lot of times we focus in and we talk a lot about his love. And I won't even say we talk a lot. I don't think we talk enough about his love because his love is so expansive. It's so vast and right. we cannot talk enough about his love. Um, but we do not talk about the other side of things and the holy reverence and awe that we have for God um, as his children. And so I wanted to take some time today and just want to first off ask you, what is uh, the fear of God? What is the fear of God? Okay, yeah. so can I speak to what you were talking about? Of course. Simone? Go ahead. So we do something because God is so immense. He's so beautiful. He's so perfect. He's so whole. He's so other that we parse him. It's like, well, sometimes he's a father. Sometimes he's a judge. Sometimes he's an agent of mercy. But the truth is he is all of those things at all times. Mm -hmm. And so the fear of the Lord actually speaks to the otherness of God. It's a recognition that God is so perfect, so beautiful, so beyond anything we've ever seen, touched, tasted, known, and full. And because of that, he is intimate with the depths of who we are. Yeah. He's intimate with the depths of everything that is happening around us in creation. And so when we live in that awareness and that reverence of God, we live in the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And the wisdom is essentially the blueprint for higher living. Yeah. It's the blueprint to understand how to navigate our everyday lives. Yeah. And so the, we have this tendency, Arden, to create a, a God that reflects what we like best about ourselves. Mm. And you see this across the body of Christ. We've, we've taken these facets of who God is, and we've elevated or emphasized certain facets of who he is to the neglect of other pieces that are equally a part of who he is in his glory and his majesty. Yeah. And it's sad to me that the otherness of God is one of those attributes of God that's been pushed to the side just because it's been abused and misappropriated by many people. Yeah, because we've had an unhealthy understanding or wrong understanding of what the fear of God is because fear, there's multiple types of fear that is talked about in the Bible and we just clump them all into one. And I love what you're saying about that is, is uh, A.W. Tozer made that quote where he said, if your God does not disagree with you, he said, chances are you are worshiping an idolized yeah. version of yourself. Yeah, J.B. Phillips says, your God is too small. Like, yeah. <laughs> just flat out. He's yeah. like, your God is too small. That's the title of one of his books. Wow. Yeah. And well, yeah. go ahead. Well, as, as humans, we have this tendency toward control. Mm -hmm. And in God, we find the one who is self-sufficient. That's literally what his name means. Yeah. And you can't control the one who is self-sufficient because he doesn't need you to control him. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is God creates us in his image, which is a miracle. And then we return the favor. We reduce him to our own image because we want to be able to manipulate, control him, get him to do what we want him to do. And what that does is it perpetuates the smallness that we find ourselves in now instead of leading us into the largeness of who God is and what he's called us into that is beyond this current moment. Yeah. So you see this happen so perfectly in Exodus 20, 20, mm -hmm. right? So God brings the children of Israel into the desert and he brings them to the desert for the purpose of intimacy. That's it. Like, that's his purpose. He wants to meet with his people. He wants to be intimate with his people. He wants to reveal new facets of who he is. In Exodus 20, 20, God says to Moses, do not fear, or Moses says to the people, do not fear. Mm -hmm. God has come to test you that his fear might be in you. Yeah. Be really confusing statement if it <laughs> was just fear. one fear. <laughs> Do not fear because yeah. God has come to test you to see if his fear is in you. Yeah. And what Moses is doing is distinguishing between the two different types of fear. Exactly. One fear says, man, I don't want to be near God. I want to run from God. He is scary. He is judgmental. He is mean. He's, he's an abusive father. He's the hound of heaven. He's just looking for an excuse to throw a lightning bolt at me. Mm -hmm. And the other fear is, God, there's nothing more beautiful in this world. There's nothing more wonderful and special and more me 
than what I experience when I'm in your presence. Yeah. So I'm not afraid to be, I'm not afraid of you. I'm afraid to be away from you. Yeah. Like, I want to dive into fear. I want to dive into glory and the majesty that is you. And if you look at our word for intimacy, it actually comes from the Latin intimere, which means into fear. Mm-hmm. And so really what intimacy is, and this is true uh, with our relationship with God and also with our relationship with others, is it is a dive into fear. Yeah. There's nothing more scary than being known as we truly are. Mm-hmm. And in the presence of God, we don't just discover who we are. We discover who he is, the author of life. And that gives us the perspective and the power and the understanding to navigate each and every relationship we find ourselves in. Yeah. So oh, fear of God is actually about intimacy. Sorry. Exactly. Like yeah. that's, that's what that, it's all about. Yeah. And I think that's the common misconception is we think we're like, well, there's that scripture that says perfect love casts out all fear. So there's no room for fear in my relationship with God. And it's like, no, that is, that is, that is talking about a worldly fear so within that. Yes, and First John that's 4, fear of man. that's taken out of context by so many people. What yeah. John is explicitly talking about is he's talking about the fear of self-preservation. Hmm. So it's a fear that's rooted in judgment. It's a fear that's rooted in a fear of not being accepted. And what, what the Apostle John is saying is saying, no, no, no. Perfect love delivers you from that fear because you are accepted. You are received. You are called a son or a daughter. You are a saint. And so you have access to his presence. You have access because you are part of the family. Mm -hmm. So it's different. Yeah, completely different. But we just, that's that's the problem. The misconception is we clump everything. I just thought of that song, Misconception. What song is that? (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm probably butchering it. You're older than I am. But yeah, I'm a little. That's it. You were just showing me. years older. That's it. It is. I mean, it's not that old. Maybe like five or six years old. It's okay. But but yeah, but that is the misconception is we clump clump it all into one. And that is very dangerous Um, because I think as you were talking about is wisdom. Beginning of the fear, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Yes, and we have a generation right now that is wanting to walk in wisdom, and if we do not understand and grab hold of this idea of the fear of God, we will not see us walking in that wisdom. Because the thing is, is that wisdom is walking something out. Yes. Like that's that's all it is. It's understanding, getting the word of God, and we have a generation we have applied so knowledge much. yeah we have so much knowledge we mm-hmm. have so much that is a access and is available to us but until we start walking it out yeah that we won't see wisdom manifest in our life and the fear of god is something that i mean the bible talks about it, it says it keeps you from your sinful nature yeah. it keeps you on the right path so it keeps you obeying his word it's not something that is I live in fear because if I if I mess up, he's going to hit me, like you said, strike me with a lightning bolt. No, it's something that keeps me on the correct path, and that's something we all want. Well, and it keeps you on the correct path, not because you're terrified of falling off the path. It keeps you on the correct path because you have a vision of what that path is, and you have a vision a vision of what that person who is calling you on that path, what that person looks like, and. You're talking about knowledge. We live in the information age. Mm-hmm. Everyone has knowledge. Everyone has access to different sources and agendas and opinions. And the truth is, like, we need the fear of God. We need to be in tune with the eternal consciousness so we know what our responsibility is in this cultural moment. Yeah. Because if we don't have that intimacy with God, we are going to get caught up in the movements of the moment. And yeah. then we're no longer able to serve the people who find themselves in this moment. Yeah. Well, and I love um, Romans 3 talks about it and it says, it says our chief sin. So the thing that boils down to everything else, the thing that is, you know, whenever I'm thinking about the chief, I'm thinking it's the very top. So the thing that continues down to everything else is he says our chief sin is that we have no fear of God at all. 
And so when we think about all the things that we're navigating and struggling with, I'm like, I just look at this and I'm like, this is something we need to talk about more. Like, why do we not talk about this? It's something so many. I mean, the, the Bible says God is greatly to be feared in the assemblies of saints and held in reverence. And I think it's just, again, as we understand the right kind of fear, you know, fear of God, as you were talking about, it's not, not to be afraid of God. It's to be afraid of being away from him. It's, it's holding him in this awe, this reverence, this understanding of just am, amazing of how God, how much has God done and how yes. great God is um, and understanding that, the world is not this like, you know, balance of good and first God, like, you know, the, the, or I mean the, the bad versus God, like the world's not this ultimate thing. That's like the threat to God. It's something that God is so much greater than any of our present struggles or any of our things that we're going through. And because of that, I hold him in, I hold him in holy awe. Um, I love it. Like the Moses's response is that when he first encounters God in the burning bush, is it's like he's, he has to take off his sandals because he said, this is holy ground yeah. that you walk on. And Moses had this understanding of relationship with God. And so that's why when God comes down from the mountain, the people of Israel run away and Moses is like, no. like He runs too. You, yeah, yeah. Like, no, like there, it's supposed to be this. We're supposed to do this through relationship. And as yeah. that, we stand in awe of what he's done. Yeah, so. no. And if you look at, and this is the sons and daughters verse 2 Corinthians 6 18 you look at where that promise matures to it's 2 Corinthians 7 1 where it talks about this idea yeah. that we are family yeah. and and we actually start to understand the beauty of covenant the immensity mm-hmm. of covenant through the lens of family yeah and that's what Paul gets at in 2 Corinthians 7 1 and how do we realize the expansiveness of the covenant through the fear of the Lord mm-hmm. that's how we work out our understanding of salvation. Yeah. It's not through this small-minded view of what it is to be the people of God. It's by leaning into the otherness of God's plans. When you when you see Isaiah, who's a prophet, a holy man, encounter the presence of God, he's not he's not responding in this in this way where it's like, oh, you know, God, you're exactly what I expected you to be. Yeah, he is, oh my goodness, like I don't even have words to put to what I'm seeing and what yeah. the angels are saying in response to the glory and the majesty and the beauty of God, they're saying, holy, 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 again and again, holy, holy, holy. In other words, they're saying, there is nothing like you. You are completely other. That's what the idea of holiness means, set apart, other, beyond anything that we could understand without your intervention in our lives. And I love what what happens. The angel takes the coal from the presence of God and Mm -hmm. puts it on Isaiah's tongue. And the man who said, woe is me, I must be silent, is now saying, I'll be a messenger. I will speak of your beauty. I will speak of your plans. I will speak of your majesty. And our world needs sons and daughters who are willing to run into the presence of God, who are willing to experience that holy fear and realize that's that's where the beauty of life is found. The, The fire of God is unlike earthly fire in this sense. The closer you get to it, the less it burns. Yep. But when you run from it as a child of God, your life starts to burn. Yeah. It does. You realize, I, I was made for something more. Mm-hmm. There's this sense of anxiety. There's this sense of, I'm not living how I'm supposed to live. I'm not living in the relationship that I'm supposed to live in. And as we press into the person of God, even when that's scary, we start to come alive. Yeah, I love that. Well, and I think I think this is important for especially right now. It's just as there's so many opinions right now, there's so many arguments, there's so many just people trying to attack other people is I love it as going back to what I said about before is Isaiah talking about we don't the fear of the Lord does not judge by the seeing of the eye or the hearing of the ear. Uh, it, it's so much like we need to become a people group. 
that does not judge by the worldly standards. But by what? What does it judge by? By righteous judgment. Yeah, by righteous judgment. And so what and that righteous judgment is, is it's, it's God's plans of righteousness. Yeah. And that's tied to his covenant faithfulness, uh-huh. which has to do with relationship. Yeah. So the fear of God, really, when we stand in awe of the fear of God, we realize, as Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, where he talks about, like, this is the mystery that has been hidden for ages, but is now revealed to the saints. That this gospel message, it's not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a message that is supposed to go into all of the world. But we can't realize the beauty and the reach of that message unless we stand in awe of God and who he is. Yeah. Well, and then you look at Abraham. I mean, like, Abraham was the friend of God. And what happens? Like, the fear of God was the whole test of Isaac. Or Isaac yeah. that he was supposed to take Isaac um, and go to the mountain and sacrifice him. And I love it because Abraham feared God. And we think of Abraham as he is the friend of God. Like that, that is so important. Like this level of intimacy that you're talking about is Abraham, you know, went on his way the very next morning because he feared God's word and he went to sacrifice this promise of Isaac. And right before he's doing it, the angel appears to him and says, now that I know that you fear God and God, I mean, Abraham was going through that entire way. And the Bible actually talks about in Hebrews and it said that he, uh, the entire time, debated was like thinking God had the God would raise Isaac from the dead and he, he or provide he, a, a ram yeah, provide, provide something provide a provision for the yeah. sacrifice yeah but he still was knowing that he was going to follow yeah. through he dared to hope in those situations so I just think this is such an important topic and this is a vast vast topic as mm-hmm. every time you hear Addison talk about it it's amazing um, and so I think it's just something I would love to encourage you. I know we don't have much more time, um, but encourage you guys just to dive deeper on in your own study. Do not be scared of this. Do not think this is something that is legalistic. And if someone tries to use this uh, to get power over you, that's wrong. Yeah. Don't, it, yeah. It's for intimacy. Exactly. So if the fear of the Lord is played in any way that doesn't lead to intimacy, it's being misappropriated. Yeah. So good. if people are trying to scare you, into following Jesus, like that's not the model that Jesus used. Go look at Jesus in the Gospels. That's not what he used. Mm-hmm. The fear of God is this, this awareness that, oh my gosh, like you have invited me to be intimate with someone who was so far above and beyond me. And yet through this journey of intimacy, you come in, I become a part of your dwelling place. I become a temple yeah. of your holiness and we can commune with each other. Yeah. Like That's the promise of the fear of the Lord. Yeah. I love that. Well, awesome. Well, add anything else that you want to share with people just I, on this. Yeah, I would encourage up. people, pull out your Bibles, read 2 Corinthians 6 and 7. There are people who say that the fear of the Lord really isn't a New Testament idea. It's just yeah. an Old Testament idea. Go read 2 Corinthians 6 and 7. Honestly, go all the way back to the beginning of 2 Corinthians. It's a wonderful letter. I think it's Paul's most vulnerable letter. And you see this journey into the fear of the Lord and of the fear of the Lord. And I think it'll give people more context and understanding what we're talking about. Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, I would encourage you to do that. Um, we appreciate you guys joining us. If you guys are not in a group or in a, become an ambassador, we would encourage you guys, if that's something that you want to do, please sign up. You can go to sonsanddaughters.tv. Um, we go through courses that are you know harder topics. We just released our brand new course called Let's Talk About Sex. And we share on there, and we think it's a really amazing conversation to have in 
groups, like in community with the right people, because we know that the content will only take you so deep, but honestly, those conversations that you have with the right people are gonna take you even deeper. We love hearing from you guys, so please make sure to leave a comment, let us know any topics that you want us to cover, and also if you're new to the channel, please make sure to subscribe. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time.